Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Tiny Room for episode 49 of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael, and I am digitally here in the digital tiny room with our usual other co-host, who is the other guy. It's it's called Ben. Hello, Ben. What up? That was uh, slightly more rambling than usual. Yeah, it's all right, though. You're, you're, you're entitled to a, an occasional ramble, Michael. We are the Rambling Man's podcast. Um, the reason it was rambling, Ben was because I have become inspired by uh, the nonsensical frivolity of Deadpool. <laughs> he is very nonsensical and frivolous. That's his whole thing. Very frivolous. Mm. Benjamin, mm, is interesting. Um, do, you yes. think, do you think you could defeat Deadpool in a dancing competition? No. Definitely oh, not. Oh, good. Okay. Let's cancel Definitely the podcast, not. though, because that was yeah. our topic for this week. It could Ben take Deadpool? Well, I have been training for months, but I still don't think I'm at the right level. Everybody knows you've with. you've snuck off to Italy to go to ballet conservatory, not yeah. art school. Would you shh, don't don't tell people. God, give over. Surprise! It's I have a big performance. Ah, oh, Michael, Sorry. Michael. It's almost like this isn't pre-recorded and would actually matter as if it were live. Oh, Michael. Oh yeah, because you can just edit this out. Yeah, it's going to be edited out now. I'm going to have to get you've rid of it, Michael. Seat, Ben. You've ruined Benjamin. my yes. <laughs> Hilarious banter aside, have you seen the trailer for Deadpool? I have, I have. Celine Dion, whose heart will go on. Um, Would you call it a trailer? I suppose it's not a trailer, is it? It's a a gimmick. It's a a piece of promotional material. But a very good one. Oh, it's excellent. Celine Dion. Fair fucks to Celine Dion. She's just taking the full-on piss out of herself. Like, that's... Yeah. Bananas. I wonder how much they paid Celine Dion. I don't know. Are her and Ryan Reynolds just best buds? I don't, I don't even know. They are Canadians. They're, I mean, all Canadians are friends. That's certainly my impression of Canada. That's that's what I've got. Everyone just walks around going, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey buddy, you want to make a bloody f- uh, promotional video for my film, buddy, eh? Hey, pal, you know they gave me an extra donut down there at the shop there, so uh, what do you say, huh? I think it will be Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. They gave me an extra Hortons down there at Hortons. Gee, they sure are nice down there. <laughs> That's, that's one of your least convincing accents, Ben. Yeah, it's, it's not uh, great. It's not that great. fills me with a certain sounds... kind of spiteful joy. <laughs> sounds more like the Midwest, to be honest. Mm. Um, it was a bit Fargo. bit Fargo. bit Fargo. But then again, sure look. Sure look, sure listen. I can't win them all, Michael. Can't win them all. Ben, I think <clears throat> the only possible negative side effect of this Deadpool situation is mm. every every Comic-Con this year is going to be full of men in Deadpool costumes and high heels. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what we're looking at here, isn't it? And look, I think if they're a good dancer, all power to them. Yeah, fair fucks. Have at. Because, uh, because that definitely wasn't Ryan Reynolds in that costume. No. God, no. God, no. He has, on his Instagram, he has a picture of him and the dancer. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a picture on uh, Van City Reynolds is what it's called. Um, and that's the name of his Instagram. And he has a picture with this guy who he's worked with across the years. That dancer is also a stunt double occasionally. Um, ah. Bizarrely versatile individual. Are um, you saying that dance might be a way into stunt doubling? I don't... Well, I. It that sounds more plausible than stunt doubling being a way into dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds significantly more plausible. Um but yes, that's I suppose that's what I'm saying. But yeah, it's 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 nice. I I enjoyed it, and then I enjoyed the little banter at the end where she just kind of tells him to fuck off. Um, yeah, fuck off, Spider Man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, fuck off, Spider Man, which I thought was really good. 
I thought it was quite funny. A lot of characters being confused for each other. There are. There are. Speaking of, have you seen the Teen Titans Go trailer, Michael? Ben, is this a hypothetical question? Because remember, you just showed it to me like 10 minutes ago. We watched it together, remember? My, My mother asked me the other day, Michael. She said, who do you think ruins a premise or a setup the best in all of Ireland? And I, I knew instantly. I said, Michael Leonard. Michael Leonard oh, just thanks. knows how to step on a bit. Um, but at least, at least, hold on, let's get personal now. At least when I do it, it's on purpose. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> gotcha. Ooh, that was, that was cutting, Michael. Right, right in the was, fields. That was cutting. Look, don't, don't attack me, Ben. It's nine o'clock in the morning here. For look, some reason, I'm awake on nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. It's, look. I'm, I'm a bit sensitive. <laughs> it on, was inevitable. You... Forty nine episodes. We're, we're bound to. We're bound to hate each other eventually. Um, bound to hate each other. Eventually, it was. It was unavoidable. But um, yeah, I am. Um, did you see? You did see it. Um, it looks very funny, Michael. It looks very funny. It looks like ju- just about. It looks to be easily the closest in Marvel tone in the DC universe. Um. Which I found really interesting. Um, it's a little comedy film, isn't it? Well, that's that's what Teen Titans Go are, Michael. See, Teen Titans originally had a, an animated series. And I suppose this was the start of the really successful DC animated run. Because generally speaking, Marvel excels at the box office, which is the one you want to excel at, to be fair. Because that's um, where all them sweet dollars are at. Sweet, sweet dollar, dollar bills um, are at. Um, and then, unfortunately... Yes. Um, DC have been left with the animated scraps. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they mind. Because um, they do quite well with their animated stuff. They've had uh, Young Justice. They have their movies where they kind of take a look at um, their Elseworlds series. And they turn all those into animated things. And it's really cool. Um, but Although usually straight to DVD. It's usually straight to DVD, straight to Blu-ray these days, Michael. All the kids yeah, are watching yeah, Blu-ray these days. Straight to digital release. There we go. And they've just launched their own streaming service. Death to physical media, Ben! Yep, pretty much. They've just lost their own streaming service. So it looks like they're going to start pumping more money into that after the tragic uh, tragic bombing of, of, of two other bloody movies. Um, I'd say they're going to start trying to recoup some of those losses. But anyway... Yes. One of the really successful early renditions of this animated kind of run is um, Teen Titans, and that premiered in on Cartoon Network in two thousand and three, so a long that time ago long now, ago. Wow. Um, about fifteen years ago now, and it I was kind of old. A, yes, as as am I getting, um, and it kind of premiered in this kind of really cool, edgy animated style. They were trying to capitalize on Cartoon Network had a, a late night. Um, anime inspired hour called Toonami. Do you remember Toonami? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. their anime kind of branch and that was doing really well. So they figured they'd start kind of creating content that matched that to try and sell. And it was exceptionally successful. This was when DC executives knew what they were doing and knew how to appeal to an audience. Um, and uh, yeah, so this this was really popular and it, it had a nice serious tone and it was something, it was really kid friendly but also really good and it was great. And then that kind of came to a natural end as, as series often do. Four series, was it four? Three? And four, they got... I think it was... Hang on, I have it here. I don't need to guess. Five. Five seasons. Um, and it centered around the kind of Silver Age um, Titans lineup, which was Starfire, Beast Boy, Cyborg, um, Robin, and Raven. 
Um, the classics. And this was before we stole Cyborg and stuck him on Justice League because they need a tech character because it's all digital these days, Michael, and kids are into MP3s. Um, and Iron Man. And Iron Man. Yeah, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, they needed an Iron Man. Um, and they didn't handle him well and they gave him poor CGI and, and now we have him. But anyway, after that died, it's natural kind of death. Um, there was uproar because um, it was really popular um, but I think the writers had grown a little tired of the format which obviously mm-hmm. happens um, and I think the voice actors um, had done the same thing over and over again and had a very serious tone so to appease to everyone they kept many of the same actors and they created kind of a, an even more anime inspired Teen Titans Go Go yes. being a capital um, thing and that's a, a nice Go that's a nice little throwback to the theme tune of the original series. Teen Titans Go is much sillier. It's um, mm-hmm. it's aimed far more at children than it is at adults, but it has a lot of in-jokes and kind of meta-humor. Um, oh, we like meta-humor We here, love, then. love meta-humor here. Um, and it's so it's been very successful. It's had four seasons. And it's so successful um, yes. that it has its own movie coming out. Four seasons and a movie. Four seasons and a movie. Yep. Um, it is very divisive, however. Between oh. hardcore Teen Titans original fans and yes. this new brand of thing. But what, what it's really doing is Teen Titans, the original run, yes. um, was very much... It had those moments of hyper-anime anime where like the characters would become very cute and kind of chibi. Oh, yeah. Kind of eyes for moments. And then. Yeah, yeah, and they do all that motif that comes with anime series. And this is just an extension of that with funny humor. And obviously, action doesn't work with tiny, miniature, cutesy characters. So they've had to... Well, it can. It, it can. Powerpuff Girls. Oh, that's true. But it, it's actually, that's a, an excellent point. It is very like Powerpuff Girls now. Um, and it's kind of silly. And the movie is capitalizing on that. I don't know if you heard the wonderful voice of Will Arnett, but Slade um, is played by Will Arnett. Um, isn't it interesting that they've always called him Slade in the Teen Titans is it because they don't want to have the word death in a children's cartoon character I think that is the exact reason that we don't have Deathstroke Um, also Deathstroke sounds like the world's uh, strangest way to auto-erotically asphyxiate Um, I would say Ben that it's the world's most common way to (laughs) auto-erotically asphyxiate it's essentially the only way really isn't it what what happened to old David Carradine there oh you know the old Deathstroke he forgot the uh, he forgot the Mandarin. Um, I but, don't um, know what that means, but uh, I'm going to leave that uh, with you. Oh, okay. I won't explain it on the podcast because I've been revealing too much of my character lately anyway. Um, mm. So we'll stay away from that. But it looks very funny, Michael. There's lots of little in-jokes in there and extremely reminiscent of Deadpool. Um, and yes. I think um, they even have a <clears throat> huge joke where... Um, I don't know if you know this, but Rob Leefield created Deathstroke. Then um, I didn't know that. Wait, did he? Um. Yes. Hang on. Oh, this could get me in trouble. Hang on. We'll do a quick search. But anyway, we're going to continue as if I'm right. Um. Okay. And what happened with him is, um, he then left DC and he kind of rebooted the character in DC as Deadpool. Yeah. Um. Deadpool in his original iteration, um, is red and black. Deathstroke is black and uh, orange. Orange. Um, you mean and- Deathstroke created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez? Oh bloody hell that was embarrassing um he just just stole deathstroke he he stole deathstroke um deathstroke is famous for using two katanas deadpool is famous for using two katanas um and the color schemes and mercenary suit are almost exactly the same uh deathstroke has a healing factor 
Um, he's super agile. He's called his full title is Deathstroke the Terminator. Um, that's his full title, which is quite funny. Um, but they can't call him the Terminator either because that's a copyrighted name. Absolutely. And he's become something of a central character in the DC universe. He's a fan favorite in the DC universe, which I find very interesting. He was played by the great Manu Bennett. In Manu Bennett Arrow. in Arrow, no? Yeah, have you ever seen Manu Bennett give an interview about it? It's just Manu Bennett gives the best interviews. He's a, he's an odd guy. I think you've told me about this before. Where he's, he's a just proper bananas. Yeah, he's, um, a, he's a proper madman. Oh, that's good. That's good. I think he's, he would have been a great Deathstroke in the DCU universe, but I think he might be slightly too short. He is he is a bit short. It's now going to be played by Joe Magliano. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but Man, yes. He looks pretty good. Like there's been some there's been some promotional material put out. He looks um looks interesting. Um He was our choice for Hercules Ben almost a year ago. He was. Ago. He was our choice for Hercules. He would suit it. He's a, he's a very big, handsome man. Um, it, it's good. Um, but he was actually voiced by Ron Perlman in the original Teen Titans series. And he was the central antagonist in that one. But anyway, this one takes the piss out of him far more. And it's a nice throwback to the original series because now they're finding Deathstroke. And they yeah. want him to be... Sorry, Slade. That's what they're called in that one. And they want him to be their antagonist because Robin wants to be taken seriously. So they're kind of lashing back at all that criticism about it being too soft and sweet. Um, and they're kind of tackling that. It's really cool. Um, interestingly enough, one of the top questions on Google when you search for Deathstroke is, is Deathstroke Deadpool's brother? No, um, very good. Which is quite funny because uh, there's a whole bit where Will Arnett argues with the kids in the trailer about not being Deadpool. Um, yeah. And I find it really interesting that a DC property just full-on references Deadpool. Uh, almost, almost a week to the day that Deadpool said, oh, you're so dark, dark and edgy. Yep. It must be from the DC universe. Yep. It's, so it's take, taking shots at each other in the medium of trailers. But it's interesting to see how you can adapt like different things to different formats and cause division in fan bases and stuff like that because the comics have never been as successful as this series. Um, and the Teen Titans have gone through so many reboots in an attempt to get to that tone that made the original run uh, by Glenn Murakami so successful. But the they have original run of Teen Titans? Uh, on, the, on the TV show. Ah. Um, sorry, uh, the Teen Titans Cartoon Network show. Um, and they've never managed to encapsulate it quite as well. It's now going to be a CW show as well. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Have you seen the set photos? They're, they got a lot of backlash for that. Um, oh, wow. It looks bad. It Very looked bad. bad. Um, I, to be honest with you, Michael, I think the CW has run its course, but that's just me. And oh, you're, obviously, you're sick of the Arrowverse. Obviously, the, the rest of the world does not agree with me, and that's okay. Um, mm. it's still quite popular and I probably don't know what I'm talking about but it was very interesting to me to see how different things could be adapted to different mediums Michael speaking of oh what a segue, segue. Um, speaking of how do you feel about uh, Neil Gaiman look whatever he wants to get up to in his own time that's none of my business I personally don't find men attractive but I have no problem with people who do and that that non-judgmental, non-persecutionary attitude is exactly why I do a podcast with you, Michael. It's just lovely <laughs> Thanks, ben. and refreshing um, to meet a man of your caliber. Um, <laughs> but seriously, when you're not when you're not making wit or repartee with me on the internet, um, how do you feel about Neil Gaiman? Ben, I, I would I would say I'm quite the Neil Gaiman fan. Yes, I'm, I think I'm currently I... holding in my hand here Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman, which is very good. It's very good very good Ben one, uh, to, to segue very slightly from this segue sure uh, I would love for someone to write 
an Irish mythology book of the caliber that Neil Gaiman achieved with that. Irish mythology never gets a decent look in. Well, Ben, if you pop into Eason, our Mm. main bookseller in Ireland here, you will find lots of books on Irish mythology and anthologies and collections and Mm. everything. It's just I don't I don't know if any of them are any good. Do you know Do you know what the main problem with a lot of of Celtic mythology is? I think in more modern renditions is the bloody um, the IRA. The no, well, partially that, but um, Celtic mysticism. Celtic myth. There we go. Celtic. No, you go back. You you, you were halfway that. there. Celtic mysticism. When WB8 started his whole Celtic revival thing. Mm-hmm around the 19 the turn of the 20th century um they started to look back towards our mythological cycles so we have our ulster leinster munster and connacht cycles of mythology oh, yeah. um and they started to bloody rewrite them in an attempt to make them more nationalistic and more exactly. prideful and it it comes across as so stilted and stale now didn't like, uh, wasn't it wasn't it Cullen who said brits out up the ra I, th- I think he says that about six times <laughs> to a fairy. Yeah. Um, a fairy, yeah. a traditional Irish fairy. A traditional know, Irish fairy as opposed to a derogatory term for a homosexual. Yes. Yes. Um, although he may have said Brits out up the rat to various homosexual men as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't um, know how progressive he was. I'll have to look up the appendix in my edition of nationalistic Celtic fables. Um, what were we saying before? But yeah, so Neil Gaiman does a real good job of <laughs> yes. um, repackaging yes. Norse mythology. He's, he's awfully good at it. Um, and I think, how would you describe his writing style, Michael? Uh, good. Good. Okay, that was very helpful. Yeah. Um, he's very philosophical in how he tells stories. He considers himself oh, a storyteller I, more than a writer, Michael. Ben, I wouldn't have gone there in a hundred years. No, I know I you wouldn't, just... but that's why I'm okay. here. Okay. That's why you have a degree. Oh, I have a degree. Mm-mm. That's what I say. I have a degree in literature. That's what I say to fairies and homosexuals. Um, ben, not you've that gone the, too far the now. Two are As usual, exclusive. you've gone too far. Oh, too far. Too far, Ben. Um, anyway, um, he is very kind of... He likes to leave ambiguity in a lot of his stories. Um, I think this is especially true of his short work, uh, his short story work. He what? enjoys he enjoys a, a hanging meaning or a, right. a lack of specificity in in what happens, and because of that, his stories take on this very kind of dreamlike quality quite often, um, yeah. and we're we're unsure of exactly what they mean. Um, yeah, and I think one of the really interesting examples of that is one of the short stories from his short collection, Fragile Things, which is how to talk to girls at parties. Have you ever read it, Michael? Ben. I thought I hadn't, but I, I'm sitting here looking at Fragile Things and I have read it cover to cover. So, yes, I clearly have. You clearly have. It's an unusual short story in that it's almost poetic. Um, he was experimenting right. with forms. He loves an old poetic uh, form. He likes to try and work them into his stuff. It's very interesting. It's about two guys that go to a party. Um, yeah. Vic and I think it's N. Is it N? Um, it's Bob. Vic and Bob, thank you. Um, no, wait, Vic that's and Reeves and Mortimer. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, you, you and your Reeves and Mortimer. You love, I you, love Reeves and you Mortimer. You love an L Reeves and Mortimer. You're, you're a chancer, Michael Leonard. You're a chancer. Anyway, it ben, follows... Don't sound my full name. It, oh, sorry. Um, no, I'm joking. Sorry, we've done it before, I think. It's yeah. all right. Nobody listens to the podcast. It's grand. <laughs> <laughs> no one who doesn't already know my full name. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it follows two guys who are going to a party. One is very good with women. That's Vic. And the other 
our main narrator is not. Um, oh, that's like me and you. That's like me and you. Yes, I often go to parties and I'm very successful with women, and you are not. Um, well, I mean, that's see, provably untrue. So, so, see how I turned that around there? Yeah, yeah you did. You turned that around on me. Swish. What a, um, such witty banter. It's that witty repartee that makes you good at talking to girls at parties. <laughs> anyway, this particular party with girls um, is a little bit different. They get the wrong address. They are going to oh, house sorry, party. Man. So this particular party is not really the same party that they're trying to go to. Um, remember, in what sense, Ben? Uh, so they come to a house. They meet a lot of kind of beautiful model-like women. Oh, and because it's the seventies in in England. Um, they think in they're from London. America. Uh, oh. They think they're from America, and they're kind of like Andy Warhol style models, and it's all kind of avant-garde and new age. And the girls keep referring to themselves as tourists. Uh, now, what Vic and and Bob. Bob, who we're going to call Bob in this particular case, um, don't um, realise that they're the only men in the house. Um, and obviously, uh, Vic, who is the ladies' man, goes off, finds a woman almost immediately, um, and goes off. And then Mick has, or, or, or Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Whoops. Um, a Freudian slip. Bob has a... <laughs> shit. Um, Bob has a a series of encounters with various women in the house. Anyway, as it turns out, spoiler alert on a short story that came out in 2003, um, that is free on the internet, by the way, if you want to read it on Neil Gaiman's official site. Uh, the girls are aliens from another planet. Um, aliens. Aliens. Um, and they're here to procreate. Um, classic alien banter. Um, and... He has a series of conversations with these women, each one representing a different kind of artistic style. One is a muse, one is an outcast, one is a blah, 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 blah. Um, and then... Uh, I'm not familiar with the blah, 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 blah. It's a, an unusual Greek elodeic form from the oh, turn of the first century. Um, it's quite nice, but you have to speak a really, really orthodox version of Greek to get it. Um, the blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, what happens is Vic eventually comes back down in a completely kind of shook and shocked state and he drags sex cocoon yes he drags uh, the other guy out of the house and you never really find out what the women are specifically in the short story but luckily it was later yes. adapted into a graphic novel um, by Fabio book, Moon and uh, Gabriel Ba. they worked with Neil Gaiman um, to bring it to screen so they made a graphic novel out of it in 2013 was when it was originally part uh, thing, and it's called How to Talk to Girls at Parties. It's very interesting. It's quite a beautifully, as as I've said before, I'm a huge fan of Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Um, Moon and Ba. Uh, Moon and Ba. Yeah, um, which is actually quite a nice name for the two of them. Um, so yes, yes, um, and they turned it into a graphic novel, and it's very interesting in that it's exactly the text of the short story that's been adapted to graphic novel format so there's no change if you've read the graphic novel you've read the short story um and it's very beautiful and it's very interesting and each one gets their own personality and it actually helps to illustrate a lot more of the esoteric qualities that neil gaming puts into the story because the story leaves you kind of reeling and you're trying to figure out it's very much like an acid trip or something like that um and I think those 70 undertones are very strongly implied that it might just be one long acid trip. Um, hmm. But this helps to make it a much more coherent story. And then, of course, Michael, 
when everyone realized that it was successful, what happened? Hollywood came a calling. And, Good old Hollywood. And we 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 rebooted to a, a traditional rom com, um, which is really unusual. It's not a rom com; it's more just a, rom- a romance set in nineteen eighties England, um, in the punk era, which is actually a much better tone for it. Um, in I terms seventies England. Oh, is it seventies? Seventies again? I thought it was. I'd say the, if the, it was punk, it's seventies. Yeah, surely. it's probably the, it's probably the seventies. You're probably right, but um, yeah. So they go back to the seventies. And um, but this time he's a punk, um, and it's the whole punk era and all the unrest with English society and the upper class and blah blah. And it's interesting to look at outsiders from that perspective. What's mm-hmm. missing, it would seem, from the trailer, and I haven't seen the movie itself. It didn't do very well, I don't think. Um, Is it out? I think so. It came out in two thousand seventeen. I think the movie. Yeah, hang on, let me check. Um, it's got all oh, its yeah. reviews. It's got all its reviews. I just think it was a bit of a flop. Um, so it didn't stick around, but um, huh. it's it's missing that existential horror from the short story and the graphic novel. You're a fan of cosmic horror. Um, it is vastly implied that the reason that Vic is so disturbed is because he's witnessed a cosmic entity in right. in the bedroom with this woman. Um, no, it's not out yet. Is it not? But all the reviews are in, and uh, it's all very confusing. Maybe it's not out. So it yet. came. No, no, it came out. It was released. It has world premiere at Cannes last year. Okay. So all the critics saw it then, and lambasted. But it's due for wide release uh, this week. Oh, okay. There we go. That's awfully well timed. Accidentally done something incredibly topical. Yay, topical! But I think what's interesting from the trailer, at least, is that that existential element is put aside for a more youth and fervor seizes the day carpe diem only they look to the children they're our future kind of motif um and it's very much a young man from england who feels very constrained by his society who's paired with a young alien who feels very constricted by hers and so on and so you're describing the you're describing the movie though yes i think that's the tone that we're going to take there are some horror elements but it seems to be body horror more than cosmic horror um, mm-hmm. The aliens grow strange hands out of latex suits here and there. Um, Who and hasn't done they that? Can, they can unhinge their jaws. And what it becomes is this this girl realizes that she wants to live free as a human. It's a very humanist angle. They talk about how humanists may have fucked up the planet, but at least we have choice. At least we're free. We like to run around. We like to do this, blah, blah, blah. So it, it takes it's a very... Like, yeah, it's, a lot like the movie, it's a lot like the movie Live Free or Die Hard. Yes, very similar to that without Bruce Willis. Um and then um, I think what the the fundamental difference between these two things is there's no reconciliation in the short story or the graphic novel. They witness this cosmic horror um, and Vic is made to realize that he's very, very insignificant in this particular universe. In mm-hmm. the movie, it would seem to more or less affirm humanity's place as top of the food chain, which, you know, Michael, I bloody hate. Um, but then- this is speculation on your part. You haven't this is speculation, seen it but I'd be willing. Were to you be- one of those crickets at Cannes last year? Uh, I was, and I lambasted it uh, based on the humanist angle. You know, I'm not a fan. Um, hmm. No, I wasn't. I'd never do that for a living, Michael. Um, I always say lambasted. Do you? Yeah. Which of us is wrong? Hmm. Let us know down below in the comments, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, listeners. Uh, I'm Let us Ben. Know how to pronounce that word? Ben loves an L lambasting, um, and Mick loves an L lambasting. Um, yeah. So, so let us know down below. Do you lambaste or lambast? Lambaste yeah, or lambast? Um, that may be the name of this week's episode. Um, so, 
Uh, moving on from there, I just found it interesting that you could adapt something so differently. But then again, Hollywood often steps on art. Oh, but Hollywood is art. It's a form of art. Popular art. They usually Populist take a list art. They usually. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There you go. I don't have anything to follow it up in. Um, that's a shame. But that was nice anyway. Um, speaking of Michael, we yes. are the we are the latest uh, podcast in the nine realms. Go on. Because we restrained ourselves and didn't talk about um, what I what I think is fair to say is a very strong contender for our movie of the year. Um, oh, that's very interesting. Mm, the early Avengers: Infinity War. What do you think? Michael? I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. Then what was uh, was it? Uh, one of those small independent releases? Yeah, it's um, starring Woody Harrelson in one of his classic kind of grumpy old man mentor roles. It's Very got. Good. Um, it's got this really old eighties actor. He was in the Goonies at one point. Josh Brolin. Never I think, heard of him. I think he's kind of making like a Mickey Rourke style comeback. A kind um, of a late career resurgence. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's got um, independent sweetheart Christian Slater in it as well. Um, and Christian Slater plays this kind of um, app-designing billionaire um, who meets this kind of rough-and-tumble, kind of down-and-out Charles Bukowski-style Josh Brolin. Um, and Josh Brolin has, like, this really huge birthmark that makes him look almost entirely purple. Um, yeah. and What's Christian Slater got to do with anything? And Christian Slater is um, kind of uh, Woody Harrelson's long-lost uh, son. Nephew. Son, nephew, brother, 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 brother. No, Michael, Infinity War is, is the, the movie of the bloody decade. Um, the one we've all been waiting for. The big... Um, the big one. The big kahuna. Um, the big kahuna. The big one. The, the main event. The main event. What do you think of it, Michael? Well, Benjamin, I very much liked it. I adored it. And that's very rare for me in a bloody, in a bloody Marvel film. Because I don't do Marvel films. Yes, you do, Ben. First of all, you've seen them all. Yeah, but I don't like them all. You, you, you like the majority of them, then. Let's be honest here. Especially in our Avenger. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, look, we did a whole episode on that. We're not going over that We're again. We're not going over that old, that old hat. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. Ben, I thought it was very good, too. Yeah. Uh, we should probably say straight away we're doing full spoilers here. because Oh, this the, is the, full. This is the reason why we didn't do it last week. Um. Ben, yes, I didn't like it as much as I liked Avengers. What? Yeah, I thought Avengers was better. I what? I thought the first Avengers was better. You're oh, Michael. No, I'm deadly serious. Okay, I really liked Infinity War. I've seen Infinity War three times, Ben. Have you seen it three times, Michael? Yes, I'm pretty quick. You are bloody hell. Um, I, I and I thoroughly enjoyed it every time. I actually the best viewing, Ben, is the second viewing. Is it? Yeah, the first viewing, I was too on edge. I was too... (laughs) There was a a certain weight of expectation on me as well. There was... Not on me, on the movie. Mm. Uh, There was uh, always waiting for what's the next huge twist going to be. Um, And personally speaking, I found that it was slightly lacking in huge twists. It doesn't have that many... It has one huge twist, but that's about it. Um, Yeah. you sound like a clickbait website. Yeah. This one huge twist will make you watch a movie. You see, Ben, I have this thing here, right? Yeah. Oh, is that an anti-spoiler card? Yeah. And the Thanos demand, the hashtag Thanos demands your silence thing. Because of the hashtag Thanos demands your silence campaign, I really thought there were going to be something hugely surprising in this. Yeah, there wasn't, though. I, 
there was nothing hugely surprising. No. It's almost a perfect comic adaptation, though, which I found kind of interesting. Do go on. Um, in that, I think you'll recall, Michael, when we were making our original predictions for this, we said there's no way they would ever be able to follow up the original Infinity War arc because that would involve wiping out half the universe. Yeah, but they did, but Ben. They, but they fucking did, Michael. They fucking went and obliterated that. Um, yeah. I, For me, for me, I think Infinity War is a perfect example of how Marvel have upped their game. Go on. Um, because for me, Whedon dialogue, Whedonisms, yeah. um, are not a personal favorite. I, I have grown up in a, a Whedon-saturated 90s where, you know, everyone has that snappy back and forth. Um, it's almost like the Gilmore Girls that fight vampires or something like that, you know? Um, and I don't, Ben, because I've never seen the Gilmore Girls. Well, I don't. I can figure out what you mean from context. Don't. Um, and I don't like that snappy back and forth, snarky kind of stuff. And I think that was very much the tone that dominated the original Avengers, uh, which I've since watched again because I, I wanted to kind of be able to compare it um and i think very much for me it's jarring it doesn't fit it's almost comedy but it's not quite and then what i forgot going to see infinity war is that the russo brothers started in comedy um yes, they were in the tv show community yeah and they also did arrested development they're the two men responsible yes. for arrested development and arrested development is one of my favorite um comedy shows of all time um, ben, we're going to talk about Easter eggs in a minute, so so we won't spoil our Easter eggs. But did you notice the Arrested Development Easter egg? Uh, the blue? Oh no! Wait, am I allowed? Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. It's the blue man. It's the blue yeah. man, made famous he's by in... Tobias Funke, who blew yeah, himself. He's in, he's in the he's in the bloody collector's trophy case. He blew himself several Very times. Um, so yeah, he was there. Um, but I, what what really made it amazing for me is obviously cinematography has come along long way um since the original avengers 10 10 years now are we, are we 10 years in no only six since avengers six since avengers but it's come a long way and i think the tone has come a long way as well i think uh, interesting look looking at that new trifecta of directors and by the new trifecta of directors i mean taika waititi um james gunn and uh the russo brothers yes. what, what you have there are three very strong comedic minds that have come together right um, and collaborated uh, sorry four yeah absolutely four very strong comedic minds that have come together and collaborated in a really strong way um, and they did an amazing job of bringing three very different tones together okay um, which I found fascinating like there is no way that the Guardians should have worked with the Avengers or um, that you know Thor after Ragnarok could come back as such a serious thing and yet I think through this collaboration and maybe because they're comedy writers at heart mm-hmm. all three of them uh, all four of four. them keep doing that wrong um, <laughs> I think that's what brought the tones together but for me the Russo brothers are far stronger comedically than Joss Whedon ever was and so for me the dialogue is much heavier I watched Vanity Fair do a really cool um, YouTube series called Breakdown Notes on a Scene I don't know if you... I think I've seen it, yeah. yeah. They do really interesting ones, but their latest one is the Russo brothers breaking down the Thor meets Guardian scene. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't watched it. It's in my it's in my watch later list. It's absolutely fantastic because it's kind of fun to watch how they block scenes and how much effort they put into different scenes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they keep the comedy pan from Arrested Development. So the comedy pan is instead of cutting, 
which is a traditional thing, especially with mid 2000s to 2013 comedies in America. It's where you do these really snappy scenes where you cut, 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 cut. The Russo brothers hate cutting in dialogue scenes. So what they do is they pan. And quite often what you do is um, you move from one character to the other in one swift pan. One finishes their dialogue and you, you move through it with them. And it, it has this effortless flow. So it's really interesting. They make that scene very claustrophobic by building all that up. But I think all that blocking and stuff like that is brand like is something that was never there in the original Avengers. I remember feeling that the original Avengers was extremely rushed because they were trying to cram all these elements together all of a sudden. This, for some reason, not to mention it was a longer movie, but... Considerably. Considerably. But also, it works better as a longer movie because they give it time to develop. And these guys put it together. For me, easily one of the better Marvel movies. Um, But then again, the last five years of Marvel movies have been ten times better than the original run. In many ways, although Iron Man One is still great, Iron Man One is still great and certainly better than Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was a bit of a low point, as yeah, it turned out. A bit of a flop. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it's hard, far from a flop. It's a perfectly fine, serviceable film, mm. but visually stunning. Uh, even, yeah, visually stunning, but a little bit weak storytelling wise. And Doctor Strange still isn't a very uh, engaging character. Has that crass American accent. <laughs> Mr. Stark, why would you... This, that's terrible. If it's a choice um, between you and the stone, I'll pick the stone. It's the Gregory House accent. It's yeah. the every Englishman doing an American accent accent. Which is better it, than every American doing an Englishman accent. That's true. Although there is, there is a tendency with British actors doing American to go broad, whereas yeah. Americans going British kind of go specific. And when you're going specific, it's always going to be wrong. So Unless you're Tom a, Holland. Uh, Tom Holland does a great bloody job. Although, Ben, that again, we've talked about this many times on the podcast. That's coming from us being not New Yorkers. Yeah, it's true. That's a New true. Yorker might find Tom Holland easy to to co- figure out. Yeah, maybe. If only we were New Yorkers, Michael. Yeah, um, the wall would be very different. We'd be like, hey, we're going to have a slice with this establishment podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that wasn't great. But it's okay. You tried. Um, but I think more than that, I think um, comparing Thanos from the first Avengers to the Thanos that we got, holy, mm-hmm. holy Infinity Stones, hooey, <laughs> um, <laughs> like God, Michael, damn. Purely from a visual point of view, Josh Brolin acted the fuck out of that. My God, he is such. He's plenty of his face left. Yeah, but like the CGI they use on his face is nothing short of a fantastic cinematic achievement. I thought. Do you think it will hold up forever? Uh, what do you mean? Will it look ridiculous in twenty years? I mean, it's entirely no. I because that's the mark of good special effects. I don't think so. I looked at a. I'll, I'll include this still in the video. I'm currently in the process of trying to to do something with one of the stills from the video. It's remarkably well rendered, and I think, I think the more most important thing about Thanos is the only really elongated part of him is the chin. Yeah, the real nutsack of a chin is the chin, and the rest of him is very much Josh Brolin. Like they've made yeah. no attempt to hide eyes. Um, his nose is slightly altered, obviously, but eyes, brow. I would imagine maybe Josh Brolin had a shaved head. 
I'm guessing. Uh, maybe a bald cap. Maybe a bald cap, something like that. But it's his proportion. Josh Brolin has luxuriant hair. He does. It's very, I can't imagine him very long lasting. Um, well, he did it for Cable. Cable is shaved all along the sides. Like he's not, oh, yeah, not, a, not impossible. Um, but um, yeah, just, just um, in terms of how he emotes, and I, I, I'm thinking particularly of that scene with Gamora, where he has to sacrifice Gamora. That's a hard scene to watch, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't because he's an absolute prick. Um, he's a real bad. Bloke. He's a real bad bloke, but you feel for him in certain aspects. Like, when they do those close-ups on his face and stuff, there's real emotions happening there. Like, I was astounded by that. Not only that, you kind of agree with him half the time. Uh, I, I don't know, Ben. I, maybe You're starting you, to sound like some sort of mad maybe, environmentalist. Maybe, maybe you don't. But, like, I found it really interesting from that point of view in that he's not mental. He's not a grandstander in any kind of traditional sense. He's, I think he is mental. He's, oh no, I think hey, he's look, a complete bloody lunatic. Sorry, he's a complete lunatic. But what I'm saying is, he doesn't act like one. Um, well, he does no, kill okay, half the universe. Okay, hang on. Sorry. He doesn't... His speech and his sense of self mm-hmm. is not reflective of that. What I mean is, I think um, the, the Black Order are really important in giving you that sense of Thanos as a god. I don't right. think Thanos necessarily follows that logic. I, I kind of came out of that film looking at Thanos far more as a... You know that old argument, one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist... Up the rack. Kind of thing? But I think that's... <laughs> I think that's very much how he sees himself. Yeah, um, sure. And even down to his costume, it's very combat purple ready like he he i think it's interesting at the beginning of civil or at the beginning of the movie how he takes off the armor doesn't need it anymore and he becomes exactly but he becomes this very bare um mm-hmm. fighter and it's it's i i just found it fascinating i thought it, it is also fundamentally thanos the movie um but there's oh, for sure there's nothing there's nothing witty in pointing that out anymore i think every single bloody review has pointed that out it's he's very yeah. much the protagonist of this film um, sure i mean captain america um uh, probably has about five or six lines and yeah. i don't think is ever named yeah uh I, I know someone who isn't a fan didn't know scarlett johansson's character who, who she, she was, was, what I, she was supposed uh, to be. The, the blonde hair was very irritating for me the blonde eyebrows more so um I, I didn't it was like um, it was like chris hemsworth in thor one yeah exactly uh, Look, that's how you go. On, that's how you go incognito. But you're right; it was very much a Thanos movie. He had a lot in common with a Killmonger and a and a Vulture. That's what I mean. Like they're getting, in terms of writing, and I think it's very much down to the directors, um, or maybe not necessarily the directors, but the writers certainly, and the costume designers. We're we're getting a lot more empathetic with our villains, and I I think it's I I think I, that's going to be a hard one to top, man. That's gonna be hard. If you to wanted stop. to, if you wanted to make a clickbaity title, you could almost ask: Has Marvel solved its villain problem? Well, I, I think we just found the name of our villain or our video. <laughs> our video. Um, we should be clickbait the lanes. Is, the the only way they they're not going to be able to one up Thanos, so nope. they're going to have to go a totally different direction. And the only way I can see them, the only conceivable villain they have tucked in their belt who might be better is Doom. Yep. Um, when they get when they get Doctor Doom back. They could do some magical things with Doom. Do you think we'll have an Osborne? Do you think we'll fuck with an Osborne? Oh, I, well, I wouldn't. I don't like their... I can hear you shaking your hand on your mic. Sorry. Back, so you might want to knock that off there. Give that over. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't like their weird sausagey hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, that's it is silly. Um, yeah, fair enough. What What do you think in terms of bloody Easter eggs and surprises? Like anything that really jumped out at you? Well, I saw it in three D, so a lot of things jumped out at me. Did you see it? Do, you, do they have it in three D? They have it in four D here oh. in Cineworld, and I haven't seen it in four D, unfortunately. But a friend of mine has. And he was watching the scene where the snow is falling. Yeah, is yeah. there a scene with snow falling? It's like... And yeah. he thought, wow, this 3D is amazing the way this snow is falling. And then he lifted the glasses up and he realized that snow was actually falling on him. Ah, okay. That's... Are you kidding? Is this no, an actual... Serious. That's bananas. Yeah, 4D, 4DX or something it's called. Uh, two friends have seen it. Uh, one said it was great and it added to the movie. The other one saw it in 4DX for the first time. The first time he saw it was in that format, mm-hmm. and he hated it because Fair. it was very distracting. Yeah, like in emotional moments, and then the next thing you know, you're sprayed with water, and you're going, "Oh, fuck, <laughs> that was funny the first time, but the seventeenth time is like less get away from me." Yeah, less entertaining. Hmm. Um, so for me, Benjamin, the only jump out, oh my god, moment was the return of the Red Skull. Red Skull, motherfucker! Yeah, that was yeah. unbelievable, dude. It's not Hugo Weaving. No. It's Nate Marquand. Nate Mar- I am a huge fan of his. Um, I love his impressions. Micro you can impressions. you can find his micro impressions on thing. He's amazing, and he does such a wonderful. Like I couldn't tell the difference. I literally thought it was Hugo Weaving. Yeah, so did I. Let's be honest. Uh, there was a moment as well where I was going, "Whose voice is that? I know that voice. Who? Who? Oh my God! It's Red Skull!" And then I yeah. went, "Yes!" Yeah. And people in the cinema were slightly put out. Looked at you like you were mental. Um, yeah. looked at you were like you were mental um, but it was amazing like just it was very good very good throwback I, I enjoyed yeah. it a lot um, I'd like to see him come back so would as, I as Nate, Nate Marquand could definitely do it he, he did a great job the first time like I don't see why he couldn't do it again and he clearly enjoyed it a lot more um, by the looks of it um, big break for him like from, from TV impressionist to bloody Marvel Red Skull like that's there, there's a move that you could put back in Although I mean, it's it's a, it's a bit of a sad career move, really. If your main thing is doing an impression of another person, it reminds me of Michael Shanks from Stargate, who was hired mostly because he did a very good impression of James Spader in Stargate. Ah, that's unfortunate. He played the same. He played the same character. Now, as it turned out, he he played uh, mm. Daniel Jackson in Stargate for a lot more than uh, David. Uh, what's his name? James Spader. James Spader. David Spade. David Spade. Uh, and James Spader, and he kind of made the character his own in the end. But anyway, that's uh, I digress, Ben. I digress. No, that's all right. Um, yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, I was a huge fan of the character development between different things. Um, I think Hold on, we're still talking about Easter eggs, Ben. Oh, yep. Sorry, we're back to Easter Get eggs. Back on track here. Um, what other oh. little surprises and twists were there? Um, it Go turns on. out that the you know the the, stre- the stress call from the the start. Yes, blood, very good. Bloody bloody Kenneth Branagh having a little Branagh uh, having a little chitty chat, which shows that you know not a lot of bad blood there. Like he still gave it a yeah, sporting farewell. That was quite nice. I so. think that's great, wasn't yeah. it? That's uh, that's brilliant that he started the whole Thor thing and he's there right at the end yeah. of Asgard and And he's given brilliant. a little like that's good. I, I, I dug that. I was I was on board. Um, yes, so as far as other twists and turns and Easter eggs and everything, some things were disappointing because oh. of the weight of expectation. Go on. Go on. Well no Hawkeye. Yeah. And I know not having Hawkeye isn't disappointing, but the the lack of Hawkeye 
it could have been a kind of snakes on a plane situation snakes on a plane where, where the internet built up whereas hawkeye so much that we all expected hawkeye to show up and do something and then he didn't and that was a bit shooting out arrow into the infinity gauntlet and stop it from clicking the fingers or something yeah yeah exactly something like or that knock knock a gem out something or like even that yeah. the bit where captain america seemed to be holding thanos off he was doing well yeah. there for a second for a second yeah and that's the bit they showed in the trailer so he i mean thanos walks through them basically it's it's very oh, i thought it was excellent i really liked that he walked through them <laughs> i i thought it was great um i liked that they didn't pull their punches with him though like there was nothing um look we're running out of time so in terms of predictions for the next go on the next one in, in infinity war 2 or avengers 4 whatever you want to avengers 4 infinity war 2 let's call it that um there's going to be some interesting things. Um, bloody, bloody Hulk. Can't wait to see what happens yeah. with Hulk. I think we're going to get well, World he'll... Breaker Hulk. Yeah, he's going to be back more powerful yeah. than ever. He's going to be World Breaker. He's going to, he's going to be World Breaker Hulk. I... I wouldn't be surprised if it's Hulk who physically beats Thanos in the end. Yeah, I would assume that it's very much... Um, he's going to heal from this. And the reason he's not coming out is he's in the process of evolving or growing or something oh, like that I don't that. think that at all then I oh okay just, I think he's just scared because he lost that's fair it's, it's a better angle anyway for the character review isn't it yeah I, he's scared because he lost he, he was the champion on Sakaar although to be honest was I talking about this with you or someone else mm. Hulk in the movies is the is the lieutenant commander Worf of the movies yeah he's just there if to if you pummel. want to show someone as yeah if you want to show someone as a badass just have them beat the Hulk yeah he's never really beaten anyone of note not yet. He, she, Thor beat him. Thor beat him. Hulkbuster suit beat him. Thanos beat him. He has beaten up the Abomination, uh, some random Chitauris, and the U.S. Army. Everyone can beat the U.S. Army, Ben. I could beat the U.S. Army. Oh, in, a, in the comic book that's world. That's going to cost us. Did you hear a strange click there, like the CIA started <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> welcome to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Um, what do you for think? Our listenership. World World Breaker Hulk. Next next um, movie. CIA. I don't think Hulk. they're gonna call. I don't think they're gonna call him World Breaker Hulk. I just think no. we're just gonna. Get it's gonna be a nod to the yeah Hulk. amalgamation. Co- uh, yeah, but he'll be World Breaker Hulk in in some form. Um. Anyway, apart from that, looking forward to Captain Marvel. Um. Kevin Feige has said that she's the most powerful character in the Marvel universe. Anyway. Um, which is going to be pretty tough considering how powerful thor now is yeah bloody he's fucking terrifying isn't he yeah bloody he just like, stormbreaker the full thor. power of the infinity gauntlet and just axed him in the chest yep just went straight through it no problem he's like i gotta ax you a question <laughs> and then he hit him with an axe Very <laughs> that's good. a terrible joke and but um what about repercussions ben how are the other films going to deal with this well, I mean, look, your Netflix has just taken a... a statistically, two of the Defenders have to peck off. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's true. Hopefully um, Iron Fist. Iron, Iron Fingers Fist. crossed. Oh, can you imagine if this is what it's been? It's been a way to just reboot the Iron, Iron Fist. <laughs> the whole thing is an effort to wipe out Iron Fist. Iron and Fist and the second half of Luke Cage. Coincidence, by sheer coincidence, all of the Inhumans. Yeah, just they all just got tanked. They all just turned um, into dust. Oh, that'd be deadly, um, wouldn't it? Agents of Shield is referencing it. Mm. They're, they're well, dealing with it. They have to. It's half the universe. It's not half the well, planet. It's not half the planet. It ha- it's half the universe. It hasn't reached that point yet. This is going to be the amazing thing. Like I, I, I think this is going to be 
the ruining point of Marvel TV and Marvel f- movies. Is it not about time though? I thought the T. I think the TV drags its heels quite a bit. I don't. Well, I don't. It has to. It's TV. Ne- Netflix does it a little bit better, but end of Daredevil season two, second half of Luke Cage. Jessica Jones remains consistent, but mm, Iron Fist was just a bloody mess. Like, eh, eh. yeah. So if Iron Fist and uh, Elektra disappear, and the rest can stay. Okay, so we'll just get rid of those two. Just just the, the <laughs> Asian appropriation culture. Yeah, we're going to get rid of that. The weird... Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fine by me. I, I can live with that. Um, and then there's all the upcoming stuff like um, Cloak and Dagger and... Oh, hopefully they the both got wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully both of them what, just... What do you think then of the possibility that um, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp... Their families disappear and that's what leads them into... Subatomic into 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 Infinity War forty seven. Yeah, I think um, basically, I think the big prediction right now is Ant Man goes subatomic and mm-hmm. finds Captain Marvel or whatever. I think uh, interestingly enough, I think the beeper is more interesting at the end. The little end, it's very dull end credit scene, but it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's I quite think boring. I think that Nick Fury has imprisoned Captain Marvel. Oh, I think he's got her locked up somewhere. Is this one of your famous Ben's predictions? Well, yeah, I suppose. But I, I reckon that might be a more interesting angle. He saw her as too much of a threat. Because um, she is human. So he would have... And she's in the military. So she probably has a history with Nick Fury. Well, he's in the movie. Oh, okay. Well, then that, that ends that one. How many bloody films has Samuel L. Jackson been in now? All of them. <laughs> Quite oh. a few. Just yeah, he's young Nick Fury. You haven't seen the young Nick Fury? Um, they de-aged him on set. Oh no! But he's Sam Jackson, oh, so hang he's on. de-aged pretty well. They've given him a little little hair and uh, no eye patch. I'm gonna have to check this out now. Okay, uh, I'll just keep I'll keep spinning. Go on, wheels. Ben. I'll talk about the box office while you check that out. Um, box office best biggest film of all time, not adjusted for inflation. Uh, fastest crossing of a billion of all time. Uh, wow going to uh, i mean the problem it's going to have it's probably not going to be one of the top three most successful movies of all time it's not going to beat the force awakens my personal prediction because the force awakens came out over christmas and when movies come out over christmas they have lots of time to keep playing okay Whereas this this is going to bump into the opening of deadpool next week yeah and the opening of of han solo a star wars story in two weeks which are going to be the same audience wonderful so. news both of them are out in the odeon so i can i can see them oh sweet on time excellent yeah have yeah. you seen nick fury there uh yeah he looks sam jackson man the man doesn't he's age ageless. he's yeah. ageless he's bloody slap a bit of extra hair on him he looks so young I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? Like, he looks proper, like, 90s Sam Jackson. That's crazy. The thing about actors who've been around a while, and I think it was the same was also true of Kurt Russell, uh, it's very easy to de-age them on screen because you have a lot of reference for what they looked like then. Yeah, so you just grab an old thing and, and do them up like that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, Ben, wrap us up there. Go on. Anyway, let us know. Did you enjoy uh, Infinity War? Do you think it was too much? Do you think um, Thanos was a great character? Do you think I'm crazy and think that the CGI was so good? Um, let us know how you feel about adapting things to different mediums. I'd like to know. Do you think there's any successful examples? Because um, we were an original Teen Titans fan. These are all the questions we want to hear about, ladies and gentlemen. So go on down below there. Give us an L smash on the like button. And smash that like. Smash that like. Um, and then... Um, 
hopefully we get to see more young Nick Fury. Let's have a young Nick Fury movie. Let's get let's let's get it going. Let's um it's a shame. Michael B. Jordan would have been a great young Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. I think he probably could have done it. He might be too big. Yeah. Nick Sam Jackson has never been hench. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, let us know down below, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.